0: Well, we have come to the final chapter in our study of the book of Romans. So Romans chapter 16. You can go ahead and open your Bibles up there. Chapter 16 of Romans mostly consists of a lot of farewells and greetings from the Apostle Paul to various people. But as you study the Bible verse by verse and you rightly divide the word of truth, There's always something to exhort us, even in chapters like this where there's like a lot of hard names to pronounce and a lot of things going on like that. Like I said, greetings and say hello to this person and all that kind of stuff. But there's always something that we can get out of it. So we'll go ahead and work our way on through chapter 16 and we'll see what the Holy Spirit has for us this morning. So Romans chapter 16 and verse 1 It says, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Centuria. So remember, Paul's written this letter to a group of believers in Rome. And he's closing this letter now. Okay, So he's saying, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Centuria. So right off the bat here, we see that Paul speaks of Phoebe as a sister, which, is, which obviously means that she was also a believer in Jesus Christ. He also calls her a servant. And the original Greek word used there in this case is the word diakonos. And diakonos is where we get our English word today, deacon, from. Okay, So the word literally, literally refers to a minister or one who cares for the poor and has charge of and distributes the proper use of money that has been collected. So this was Phoebe's role in the body of Christ and more specifically it was her role in the church that met in Centuria. And in verse 2 we see that Paul once To make sure that they received her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed she has been a helper of many and of myself. Now we know from reading Galatians chapter 3 that as many of us that have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ, we have died to ourselves been born of the Spirit, and are to be led by the Spirit. And we know that when one has put their faith in Jesus Christ, it also says in Galatians chapter 3 that there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So we need to be careful that we don't segregate the body of Christ. Each and every one of us has the ability to minister and to serve within the body of Christ. Your race, your gender, your vocation, your position in life. None of these things matter when it comes to being able to serve in the body of Christ, also known as the church, right? Oftentimes we make the mistake of thinking of the church as just small group like us here, right? Yes, we're part of the church, but we're not the church, The church is a greater body, a larger group of people, right? And there's always something for every person to do. And Phoebe here has been recorded in the Word of God as having been a helper of many, including the Apostle Paul. So the fact that she was female didn't make her any less of a servant in the body of Christ. God has an order for, right, all of his children in the body of Christ. He has opportunity for everyone in the body of Christ. Different roles for different people, right? Um, Work that men are to do and work that men can do and work that women are to do as well, right? There is something for all of us in the body of Christ. Another thing that doesn't matter is your age. If you want to Look at it with me. Go ahead and mark this page and turn to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. It's to the right of the book of Romans, going toward the back of your Bible. Again, if you find one book that begins with the letter T, you'll find them all. They're all together there, and we're looking for 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, and we'll start reading down in verse 12. Familiar verses here. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Paul told Timothy here, till I come, he says, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine now of course timothy had a specific role and he was younger but the point is is that his age didn't matter it was given it was a given that there were elders that is older people in the church but the young people need to serve in the body of christ as well there's something for everyone again so gender doesn't matter your age doesn't matter your talents your abilities because we're doing what we do being led by the Holy Spirit, right? We just need to make ourselves available by faith and be an example by the words that we speak and the way that we live and the way that we act in this life, right? Live a life of faith, like it says, right? Faith, love, purity, led by the Spirit. Again, our talents, our abilities do not matter if we're led by the Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord will work through us. And you know, and as you live this kind of life, that is a love, a life of faith and, and love and purity. As you live this kind of life, um, you will find that you are serving in the body of Christ because people will be drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ that they're seeing within you, right? And flipping back now to Romans chapter 16, um, Paul continues on in verse three. So Romans 16, three, he says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Now, if you'll remember from one time, it's been a long time since we've gone, gone through the book of Acts, but Aquila and Priscilla were kicked out of Rome by the emperor of Rome at that time, a man named Claudius. And not only was Aquila and Priscilla kicked out of Rome during that time, but all the Jews were kicked out of Rome in that time. The Jews were later able to come back into Rome, but we also saw in the book of Acts that Aquila and Priscilla were a husband and wife missionary team that went around preaching the gospel. Aquila had something, that's the man, Aquila, right? He had something in common with Paul in that both he and Paul were tent makers by trade. That's what they did for their work. um, And they helped, this couple helped Paul out a great deal and were also very instrumental in the life of an evangelist named Apollos. According to Acts chapter 18, verses 25 and 26, this man, Apollos, uh, was a man that was going about preaching, but he only knew the baptism of John, it says. And that seemed to be the only thing that he was preaching. And then Aquila and Priscilla came along and they took him aside. And the scripture says that they explained to him the way of God more accurately. So here we see a couple. You know, again, we see Phoebe, right? We see a woman, we see a young man like Timothy. Now we see a married couple here being used by God in a mighty way. And Paul's greeting all these people and bringing this to their memory. So there's so much diversity within the body. And again, we need to be careful not to just say, you know, look and say, oh, well, you know, this person does that and I don't do anything. You know, again, the body of Christ is way bigger than our gathering here or even the largest church in the valley here. It doesn't matter. The body of Christ is far bigger than that, and there's something for all of us to do. We see here that uh, verse 5, that Aquila and Priscilla had a church in their house because verse 5 says, Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. So again, they were a married couple, very instrumental in spreading the gospel, and they held Bible studies in their house, or, or you know, church gatherings, I should say. So even though... Aquila and Priscilla had a rough go of it for a period of time by getting kicked out of Rome. They seem to have come back to Rome now at this point and they started a church gathering within their house. The Jewish expulsion from Rome had now been lifted and at this point in time, Claudius, the emperor, the one that had kicked all the Jews out, he was now dead. So Claudius was dead. And now there was a man named Nero, who was Claudius' stepson. Nero was now rolling. Now, before we move on further into verse 5 here, again, like I mentioned uh, at the beginning, there's a lot of names going to be coming up here that are very difficult to pronounce, and I'll do my best to pronounce them, um, but I'm sure I'll be butchering them in one way, shape, or form. But it goes on in verse 5 to say, Greet my beloved Epinatus." Who is the first fruits of Achaia to Christ? Now, that's a pretty cool thing there. Epinetus had the distinction of being one of the first people to come to Christ in that area. Um, some of us have had that distinction within our own families, right? But Epinetus was very much loved by the Apostle Paul. Verse 6 says, Greet Mary, who labored much for us. We don't know much about this Mary, this particular Mary, but all we know is that she's mentioned in the Word of God as being somebody that labored much in the body of Christ, another woman doing great work in the body. Verse 7 Greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. So. This Andy and Junia here, they were married and an active couple within the body of Christ. They were fellow Jews with Paul as well as fellow prisoners. It says there that they were of note among the apostles. So they were well recognized by everybody. The leadership within the body of Christ at that time, everybody recognized these people. Verse 8, great uh, greet. Amplius, my beloved in the Lord, greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Statius, my beloved, greet Apellus, approved in Christ, greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus, greet Herodian, my countryman. greet those who are of the household of Nar- Narcissus, who are in the Lord, greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, so i don't know if they were sisters maybe twins you know who were, who have labored it says in the lord greet the beloved persis who labored much in the lord greet rufus chosen in the lord and his mother and mine paul seemed to be very proud here of rufus and also seemed to have a very close relationship with his mother with the mother of rufus right then verse 14 greet Asyncritus, philegen Hermas, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brethren who are with them, greet Philogus and Julia, Narusus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. So it's tiring reading all of these greetings here, but the interesting thing, again, something that we can just extract out of it, you know, is how personal Paul made this letter, and how we get to see that it's just an ordinary group of people doing ordinary things. It's not a group of theologians that he's writing to. It's not a group of high and mighty people. These are people that are holding churches in their houses, right, doing ordinary everyday things, right, in the body of Christ. This letter, and the reason I point that out, is because this letter is written to ordinary folks, just like the Bible, written to ordinary folks, the plain and the simple, just like you and me, right? People who can apply the teachings of this letter to our everyday lives, individuals, male, female, husbands, wives, entire households being mentioned here. You see, God's word applies to you, it applies to me, it applies to every aspect of our lives, it applies to our everyday living. And again, so as Paul closes this letter, we're seeing that, right? If you're a man, or you're young, or you're old, you're a woman, uh, whatever, young or old, serve God. If you're single, serve God. If you're a married couple, you can serve God. In your entire household, your family, you can serve God. We started studying Romans many weeks ago, and we've seen a ton of instruction and a ton of exhortation. And we've seen rebuke, and we've heard correction on how we should live, right? But I've taken the time here to read these names, to make an attempt to to read these names, and to point out these people here this morning so that you can see that everybody has something to do, each one of us, no matter what our position is in life. And the instructions of this book are not yet over because verse 17 continues, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions, and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Now, these are some very powerful verses here for you and me today. Even today, there are people that cause division in the body of Christ, and offenses contrary to the doctrine that we learn, right, within the Bible, within the Word of God. Now, first of all, there's only one source for us as followers, one place where we can find sound doctrine. There's absolutely no other place to turn for sound doctrine other than to the Word of God. The further you get from the Bible, the further you get from good sound doctrine, and that's what happens in many cases amongst believers, is they're not studying the Word, they're not getting into it, they're not rightly dividing the Word of truth, so there ends up being the doctrines of men and the doctrines of women and all of these things that come in that You say, where did that come from? You know, that doesn't sound anything like what's in the Bible anymore, what's being taught. So you end up with this religion, this church, this denomination, this non-denomination that's far away from the word of God. But we need to stay close to sound doctrine. And the doctrine that we have learned as believers in Jesus Christ is a very simple doctrine. Again, man has convoluted it And made it very complex in so many ways, but scripture is simple when it comes to the doctrine upon which we are to stand today. And I really want to exhort you today to stick close to the doctrine of the Bible because it really does apply to every one of our lives on an everyday basis, if we will allow it. You know, uh, I'm going to spend just a few minutes here reading some scriptures from the New Testament, I'm not going to have you turn there, but I just want to show you some examples. And we've covered these scriptures over the years in one way, shape or form. But I want to show you some examples of sound doctrine that are within the pages of the Bible. And I'm going to start by reading in John chapter one, and verse one, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And the word, verse 14 goes on to say, and the word, so what word? That word that was there in the very beginning, before creation, right? At that time, that word that was there in the very beginning that spoke everything in the being, that word became flesh, human, and dwelt among us, Jesus Christ. And we beheld His glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's sound doctrine that's in the Bible. God created everything from the beginning, and God became flesh and dwelt among us. Then I'm going to read to you here from Acts chapter 10. Verse 36, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word, you know, remember that same word that became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus Christ, that word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all of Judea and began from Galilee After the baptism which John preached. Now, that began from Galilee, went out into all the world, all the way up to us here in this present time, right? And it goes on to say how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So, God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, was on the earth, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. John the Baptist, before he baptized Jesus, he saw Jesus walking toward him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. In other words, look, pay attention, look, there he is, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. So now we see the purpose for Jesus coming in the flesh. That's sound doctrine. He came, to take away the sin of the world. Without the shedding of the blood of Jesus, there is no remission of sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself. In In other words, we've been made in right standing with God now. God has reconciled himself to us through Jesus Christ, who has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So we have the gospel. We've received the gospel. We know the good news about Jesus Christ. It's been committed to us, and we can share it with others. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says regarding Jesus that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Again, what I'm pointing, why I'm reading all these scriptures, this is sound doctrine. We need to know this sound doctrine. A person comes to Jesus by faith, and as we saw in Romans chapter 10 a while back where it says, the word is near you. In your mouth, in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That we should walk in what? We should walk in the good works. God has something prepared for all of us, every one of us in the body of Christ. So you see, this, again, is sound doctrine that I'm reading to you. Why is it sound doctrine? because it's straight from the pages of the Bible. It's straight from the scriptures. But mankind has added so much to sound doctrine and has created many different doctrines and many different religions. But we are warned here in Romans chapter 16 to avoid those that preach a doctrine contrary to the doctrine that we have learned. Again, we find the doctrine that we have learned in the pages of the scripture. So when somebody knocks on your door and they have another gospel, they have a different gospel. We know we avoid that, right? We avoid that. In Galatians, it says, but Paul says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, he said, let him be accursed, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. So this was such a serious matter that it was written twice in the Bible like that. Paul repeats it. Okay, Jesus in John chapter 14 said, the helper, the Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So again, today we're to be people led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. Okay, In Second Peter it says, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables, when we made known to you the power of, and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice, Peter saying, we heard this voice, which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. If someone pulls you aside, if I were to pull you aside and say, hey, I've got, uh, I've got this interpretation of this scripture, a private interpretation. In other words, hey, let me tell you what this is about. That's how a lot of religions have got started, right? That's a lot of how a lot of cults have got start, started, right? But no scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That's how we got the word of God, through the Holy Spirit. And men writing it down, what the Holy Spirit's speaking to them. It wasn't men making this stuff up. A lot of people will say, well, I don't need the Bible. I don't want to hear about the Bible. It's just written by men. It's just written by people. No, it's not. It's written by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's a living word. That's why it's a powerful word. That's why it can go in us and change us and change our, and change our lives, right? Again, Jesus said, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So I'm really not teaching you anything. If you get anything out of the Bible studies that we do, I'm not really teaching you anything. It's the Holy Spirit that would be teaching you something. If it's me that's teaching you something, then it's of a private interpretation, and it isn't going to do very much in your life. It's just going to be something that's opinionated, or whatever, it would be just my opinion on something, Right? But we simply need to come to Jesus by faith. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then walk the rest of this life by faith and not by sight, trusting in the simplicity of what is written. And everything, all these scriptures, again, that I just read to you, is sound doctrine found in the pages of the Bible. And anything else, whether it comes knocking on the door or whatever way it comes, we avoid. Right? There is far more sound doctrine in the pages of Scripture than what I was able to read to you here this morning. And there are also many people that are causing division through their private interpretations of the Scripture. we got to note them and avoid them. Jesus showed us and taught us a sound doctrine of love, not a doctrine that divides and segregates and separates and tears apart. That's not the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Again, we see here just in this one last chapter of Romans that anybody and everybody can be involved and do things in the body of Christ. I've known people in the body of Christ, though, sadly, that because of their private interpretation of Scripture, they have gone about dividing the body of Christ because they're looking out for their own gain, right? But again, we must avoid all of those that preach any other doctrine than what we see. Let's go ahead and finish out Romans chapter 16, verse 19. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf. So Paul says, hey, you guys are doing good and you're obedient to Christ and and it's been made known to all. Now he says, I'm glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Okay, okay. Fix your eyes, fix your mind on what is good. Avoid what isn't, right? Turn your eyes and turn your mind off of what is evil. The people that want to cause problems and want to cause division and walk away from it. Just walk away from it. Just turn around and go the other way. And the God, and what, verse 20, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Timothy, my fellow worker, and Lucius, Jason, and Sospiter, my countrymen, greet you. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. So remember, Paul, the apostle, had a problem, right? He had an eye problem, Uh, It's probably the eye problem that he got when he first met Jesus. He was blinded on the road to Damascus when Jesus appeared to him. And Paul other times where Paul wrote something, he said, you see what big letters I write with. Right. And Paul had a problem. So Paul had other people that he used to write this, right? I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord, right? Gaius, my host and the host of the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the treasurer of the city, greets you. And Quartus, a brother. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, amen. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation Of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now has been made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures has been made known to all nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, for obedience to the faith. To God alone wise be glory, through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So you see, we are to be established in nothing other than the gospel and the preaching of the gospel. There is no other way to be established. Ephesians says, Ephesians chapter 4 says, There is one body, one spirit, as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. When Paul says there in verse 25 that there that they are to be established in my gospel, he was saying there's no other gospel. Again, man and religion have added many things, but these things we are to avoid and to be established in the gospel that we see that was preached, that Paul preached. And verse 26 says, God has commanded that the scriptures are to be made known to all nations, and we are to be obedient to them by faith. I'm sad to be finishing up the book of Romans. I love reading the book of Romans. I love to read it a couple times a year at least. And I want to encourage you to read through it again at least one time this year. Right. And do not stray toward other doctrines. Be established in the truth of the scriptures and stick to sound doctrine. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word, your holy word, your living word, your powerful word, God, that we would be obedient to it. Again, God, that we would not be forgetful hearers, Lord, but that we would be doers of the work, Lord, that we would be people that walk out of here today and and go into the week ahead, Lord, that we would be people that are known for you, that people would other people would look at us and be able to see you. Because there is kindness within us. There is goodness. There is self-control. There's patience. There's meekness. There's gentleness. There's faithfulness. Right? All the fruit of the Holy Spirit would indwell us richly. And it does because your Spirit indwells us. But it's easy to make a choice to be led by the flesh as we go forth day by day, as we wake up, Lord every morning. What are we going to do? Be led by the flesh or be led by the Spirit? Are we going to fix our eyes on you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith? Are we going to fix our, or are we going to fix our eyes on this world and grow deeper in love with this world, thereby growing further and further away from you, Lord? God, let your will be done in our lives. Thank you for this fellowship. Thank you for the opportunity that we have here, Lord. I love all these people here, Lord. And I thank you for giving us the opportunity to come together, all because of you, because it's because of your name that we are here, Lord. So we love you, Jesus, and we thank you for this time. In your holy name we pray, amen.